0: Everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cockburn. Of course, I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing terrific, Todd.
1: It's uh, we're kind of towards the tail end of the podcast movement, virtual experience. It's an interesting thing we should definitely talk about. And there's a bunch of other stuff going on, which there always is. It seems like these days.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. I I'm just uh, I I I I'll just kind of say it. As a vendor, I'm kind of underwhelmed.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I would.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And there was, and and I, I saw, help. and I saw they but, sent an email out. Contrast. Uh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I say I can't help but contrast it with my experience with Podfest.
0: So anyway, you, go, go. so what was your so what's the contrast then between Podfest and podcast yes uh, movement?
1: It just felt um, like PodFest was, um, I don't know, much more community oriented. I don't know. It's hard to put my finger on it. Um, It just felt like more people were involved in it. and, and, And maybe that's just a perception that I got just based on the efforts on the part of uh, Chris to set a Guinness Book World Records, I guess, on that. Um, it, it just got people a lot more energized about the event. I just haven't felt the the presence of the podcast community at this event quite as much. I mean, I have felt it during the networking events, right? When people um, kind of get together and get into groups and they can talk and stuff. It's, it's a little bit more like what we experience at a typical podcast movement. So I think that's a big Plus for, for the event is the after hours things that have been going on. Um, I don't know. Go, go ahead, Todd. What's I, I haven't,
0: you know, I haven't been doing any of the after hours events. I know some of my team have and mm-hmm. kind of shared the same type of reaction, but you know, here it is. I'm, I'm working, you know, so I haven't attended right. any of the sessions. I just, I, you know, it's just normal work week for me. And then with, you know, we've done a couple of demos. And, um, so from that standpoint and, and, you know, I've we've gotten a couple of meetings out of the event. I, I'm just, uh, right. Uh, yeah. yeah and, and I'm sure there was been lots of fantastic sessions. Uh, I, and I think podcast movement even tried this weekend to remind people that there was, you know, go to the vendor area and say hello to the vendors, but mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and, um, uh, it
1: has been a little slow on the vendor side. I agree with you. Really I don't slow. know if that's
0: been your experience. right? Yeah, really slow. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and yeah, I've added a bunch of people for contacts just because they came to my my session or I've seen them somewhere else. And, and it, But then what do I do with that? Right. You know, and and I, so and I have
1: I, to say, too, on the whole vendor and vendor meetings, all this kind of stuff that uh, was set up in the system is it's it's a cumbersome thing to
0: manage. Well, Uh, yeah, because you don't know who you're making a, they can make an appointment and it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. It's, it's kind of a mess and it doesn't integrate in with your existing calendar. um, Right. And which makes it, you know, it adds a whole nother calendar to your, to your Uh, agenda uh, schedule. And I guess when you're trying to work, right. In addition to that, it has to blend in with that.
0: So if it had oh, set a calendar invite or actually, ex- cause there was some times where people tried to make calendar invites and I was already pre-booked on my right. regular calendar. So if it yeah. was,
1: yeah, because there wasn't any integration No syncing. Yeah. Right.
0: And, yeah. Um, and I understand you can't build for all platforms, but you know, build for the major ones. Yeah. Well, and
1: I, I did think about this concept of, you know, and I, th- I think the platform supports it some degree. Is is trying to designate like maybe one person to work work a shift and to be available for people just to come by. We did that.
0: Oh, you did do that. Yeah, we did that for three or four days. And
1: oh, okay, yeah. Well, we didn't actually do that. So, so what 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 was your experience with that? uh,
0: We wasted our time because nobody came by. Right, because you know we basically set people hours to be paying attention to. And what are they doing? They're just sitting here, refresh, 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 you know, they it, there was really no, you know, right. and, I, and to think back, I said, well, maybe we should have just been doing a live event the entire time. Right. You know. That's and, true. That's true. But.
1: I mean, I mean, you can put a video on your your exhibitor page and in the grand top, we're talking about a topic that doesn't really impact that many right, in the right. podcasting space, but um, it's, it's just. It's kind of inherent to the challenges that we see in these virtual events, right, yep. um, where sponsors, you know, sponsors need to, you know, connect with podcasters and sponsors, exhibitors need to, you know, that's what, you know, pays for everything right? Um, beyond just what the membership, I so, mean, what so attendees pay. Right?
0: We, you know, and just for those of you that have been listening to the show, you know, this dynamic already. We all go there to wave the flag. We're still in business. Hello. Hey, how you doing? people come over that are hosting with a variety of hosting providers and say, what you guys got going on. It's new. They ask questions and they do a little, you know, a little searching every once in a while. We'll get someone that wants to transfer from one platform to the other. We all do a little horse trading at those events, mm-hmm. but I go to those events for, are you a podcaster yet? No. Well, come on in. <laughs> right. You know, you know that's I, I right. Can,
1: I can help you get started. That's right. You you know, here, right. Right
0: here on the tablet. Let's go ahead and get you in the system. Let's get you going. And that's, right. What pays for the the event? Because right. the horse trading, you know, we, we trade a few shows both ways, and mm-hmm. you know, across and in invariably. So you know, and I, I'm in a business of putting new butts in the seats, and so are you. So, um, right.
1: well, and and a lot of that kind of activity happens kind of naturally, or organically, even outside of these events. So. I haven't seen a significant uptick in those kind of, um, transactions or those type of relationships come out of this event over and above what naturally comes. So, so, and I've been watching some of the events i you know, it's either that I've been playing them in the background or Mm while I've been doing other things. And, uh, I've been also, you know, you know, I attended a few of the keynotes and things like that because I know, I knew, or I know some of the keynote speakers. So I was interested in what they had to say. Right. And so, so anyway, I tuned in and out and I, I thought that the, the content of this, of the conference was, was, was very good. And a lot of the creativity in the sessions was, was really great too, as far as the, the concepts, you know, so, you know, some of the sessions are not typical type of uh, experiences you would have at a real world event either. So you know, like sessions that would go for two hours, like right. our session, right. you know. Um, but there were other things, you know, like what iHeartRadio I did for like three hours or whatever, where they brought in a bunch of creators. And I think we talked about it on the last episode. But um, so there was some creativity in this event that the, the virtual
0: experience exposes that maybe is a little more difficult to do in the real world. And I, and I know they you know, I can't really put podcast movement team at fault. They did. What they no I think they, they, they worked really hard to put on a great event and mm-hmm. um so but I'm telling you I'm waiting for this post this this craziness to be over so we can get back to uh, shaking people's hands. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: I agree. I I definitely miss all that part of the connection, the physical connection. I mean, not physical, but the in-person connection that people have in this medium. Right. Um. And and that's a big part of what this medium is about. I have no idea how many people signed up for podcast movement yep. virtual and how many people participated. I, it's just so hard to gauge that. Or it, at the event itself, you can see people walk in the halls. You can see people sitting in the sessions. I think there that, was no kind of uh, yeah. way to experience how many people were actually there.
0: You know, and I can re- think about it. How many people I had in my session for my you know for my online you know for my discussion I did in private right. podcasting I think there was like 50 that were in that asking questions but, in that room
1: but can you there was no way to see what no, that was no no well right. you,
0: you kind of see in the commentary in the in the in the but here's the thing I had like 23 minutes i know so it the, was like
1: that's <laughs> the other part of it that was difficult it was, was. just how short it was Cause i mean i, I think yeah and we both got more time at the at the in-person event. I, I I think the typical session duration at the in-person event is forty minutes, right?
0: Something to that effect, and then there's a little overlap while Pete and you. So you got you come off the stage, you can do the, you know, the mm-hmm. hand out business cards or whatever it may be. But so I I this whole virtual thing, you know, I know that Dan and everyone else has got to raise money by doing sponsorships for these things, but. I'm very hard pressed to be able to go back to my company and say, I need $20,000 to sponsor this event because if you're going to spend any significant amount of cash on a virtual event, in the end, I, I have a, I, I don't know about you guys. You live saying you guys might be rich. You know, you guys, you guys got unlimited well, budget. We're still there. pretty. Okay. Too you guys got because- shareholders
1: we have shareholders okay whatever so
0: you guys got a great budget Uh, you know i'm limited i'm a little (laughs) you know a little little podcasting company so i we have an event thing we do a whole event analysis we look at the number of bodies coming we ask hard questions and we put uh, we have a cost formula analysis that goes into event and then when we get back then we got to fill out the post show event and i got to say here was the roi right yeah here was the roi for that event and Then I have to be able to, we, we've stopped going to some events because the RIA was bad. We stopped Mm -hmm. going because we weren't putting, you know, the key is I got to, I got to sign people up. Right. And, you know, we had actually, well, I shouldn't even say it. We were adapting a different strategy for 2020 and had a whole different roadmap laid out Mm -hmm. this year. And then of course, everything got ruined. Because of right. the pandemic,
1: it all got thrown out the window. I was planning on being outside of the US doing a lot more things. So,
0: yeah. So, you know, that whole plan to put, in, well, we saved a bunch of money. We probably saved a hundred thousand yeah. in travel. And, <laughs> right. That's true. You <laughs> that know, is, so, that,
2: that's very true. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it, it's, you know, allows us to stay more focused. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't, is, there's a couple of more. Uh, I'm speaking at Spark the uh christian podcast conference next week after I the think you did that last year too i did you? yeah yeah so uh i'm keynoting this year so i'm putting together a brand new presentation oh that's great so you know and it, it, it's but again it's a virtual conference we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. and there's more you know we're getting um, hit up by the folks at podthon have you heard about podthon
1: no, I haven't heard heard from them yet. So I don't, you know that's I don't know next what?
0: year. So they're already they they've already decided. Patan's already decided for next year that they're going to be virtual. And uh, you know they so it's in July and they're going to do virtual. And I'm thinking to myself if I'm doing an event in July, I, wow. I'm pushing to be back in person by July of next year.
1: Well, the. The other event, the podcast show, yeah, in, in the the UK, I've, yeah, have you been reached out?
0: Yeah, we've been talking to them, them, you know. And here's the right. thing with that event: they've got two alternate dates; they can go push back later in the year. Right. So if you're that's
1: a, a pretty ambitious event, I oh, think they're planning on having like six thousand people yeah, in they're, person.
0: They're it's very ambitious, and booths are about five thousand pounds. Right. So is, that's expensive. It's an expensive booth. And, um, and then the sponsor I look at the sponsorship levels. I'm like, well, good luck. I heart and all those, right. because it's like right. 80,000 pounds for some sponsorship. I just like, what? Well, A- I mean, 80,000
1: travel and, and, and hotel to right. actually
0: even attend. Right. Right. The travels, so. you know, the travels, you know, again, I lived in Hawaii for 25 years for the travel for me is anytime I see an airline ticket that's above a thousand dollars I'm like, well, that's what I've been spending for 25 years. So it's not a big deal, you know, but the hotels in uh, London are, you know, not as cheap as you're going to find other places, depending on where you're staying. Right. And, um, the good thing about it is, is you're in an English speaking country. So you're not going to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um,
1: yeah. So I don't know, Todd. I mean, I think, that there's a lot of, um, a lot of events. I know I'm doing, doing another, we are podcast event coming mm. up here next week on, on the fifth. I'm going to be moderating a panel on what, well, I don't what even is, know what
0: that is. What, who's that involved with?
1: Uh, it's actually, uh, Ronsley out of Australia. He's, uh, he's, it's the, we are podcast, huh? Conference. Okay. So he's been doing some virtual events actually for a few years he held in person events in in Australia.
0: So So um, so these are in, it's an Australian based event.
1: Yeah, yeah it is but you know he's been doing it on the global stage now because of the of the virtual events that he's doing. So I'm doing it I'm, I'm moderating a session uh, on the 5th of um, of November, um, at about, I, I think East coast time. It's like it's uh six fifteen East
0: coast time in the morning or night
1: at night. Well, on that night.
0: Yeah. It's in the evening. Yeah. So yeah, I see you guys a sponsor logo on the page. So I'm looking yeah. down there over there right now. Yeah. So, so yeah. they're doing virtual. Yeah. Oh, it's so the I'm, Jordan Harbinger and those that gang. Uh, yeah,
1: they're, You know, there's just a lot of events that are, that are doing stuff and I would love to be involved in all of them, but, but you're right, Todd. It's, it's like, you know, um, are you better off creating your own content these days to reach podcasters, new podcasters? Right. And, and that's the conclusion that we've come to too, is that we need to create our own content. So, which we've been doing all along and I know you are too. So, I mean, it's a. It's nothing new, (laughs) and I I
0: think from our standpoint, you know, we did a basically product demo. A lot of people don't get to see our product and services up close, so we are doing. I think we might do those on a more regular basis now too.
2: Mm -hmm. And uh,
0: especially as we start rolling out our new UI system, that is, I'm just really well. It's been a year and a half to get to uh, the point where my devs are now Mm -hmm. coding the UI, and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, just like you guys. Anytime you do a major update. It's been a lot of heavy lift. And I'm looking forward to. We're still probably got six more months worth of work, but
1: oh yeah. Well, we're never really done, are well, we? Well,
0: there's never done, done. You know? <laughs> and then we're, we're having a priority meeting this morning, and I just right. like. I'm like, well, why is that taking so long? Or or, or say, well, okay, I just we just put up this much work. I said that's what that's what about two sprints worth, and I get you know I get to look back by the right. dev team. They're like, oh, well, that's more like. Two full months. I'm like, uh, got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. It can never happen fast enough. You know, Yeah. the coding can just never can happen fast enough.
1: Well, speaking of launching new things, um, you know, uh, sure, <laughs> basically pushed out this new microphone. Yeah, uh, if you got, I you got a chance to take no, a look at it I much? Didn't. I absolutely. The the um, the MV seven. Yeah, let me see if I can find a picture of it and bring it's it up. It's a it's a it's somewhat of a I can say a, a baby version of the sure SM7B uh with some pretty cool tech inside of it. Um I guess the ability that it touts to be able to connect to uh mobile devices via it's uh, USB-C port, I guess um doesn't quite work yet, I guess. So, um, like, I guess it, it needs a patch update to get oh. it to work with uh, mobile devices, you know, like an iPad or something right. like
0: that. But They got a horrible but, picture on their website, so dark.
1: Right, but it's... If you look at it for what it is and what it does, it's actually, uh, you know, a lot like um, the ATR 2100 or the Q2U, as far as its uh, its concept, right? It's got an XLR and a USB connection capability, and it's got the other thing it has is some built-in uh, controls on the on the uh, the the diaphragm and the frequency range. It's got some optimization on the audio side too that you can. You can play with it, um, but it is a little less expensive than the SM7B, but and it sounds very similar to the SM7B. So $249. So yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's about, uh, what's about 150 less than the SM7B, and that's... This microphone, you don't have to get like a cloud lifter, which is 150 bucks.
0: On top of that, well, if, if you know, okay, so Rob, there's
1: cheaper alternatives. I know than the No, cloud no, no, lifter, no. If
0: you have a good mixer, you don't have to have a mm-hmm. cloud lifter.
1: Not that many mixers have the amount of gain that you need. That's the problem. I mean, if you overdrive it with your mixer, then you get.
0: Shh. Uh, Background
1: sound, background well, noise.
0: Right. Okay. So, invest wisely, everyone. Most people don't need a cloud lifter, but yeah, another eighty well, bucks.
1: I would, I would look at your mixer and look at your preamps to see what their their gain is. I think you need to have at least I, I, I'm, sixty
0: dB, right? Yeah. I'm kind of gain gain I'm, boost. I'm kind of cheating too. Let me show you what I have for a...
1: oh are you well, that's right, you're using one of these things too yeah, well, I have a full cloud lifter here on this mic.
0: no, no, um, I'll show you what I'm using if the if the search results will come up, yeah, but you have a compressor too doesn't that boost your well, your gain on that too it it can everyone's asking me for cookies. This is what I have in the front of my stack, <laughs> but look at the price. Oh my God, Todd.
1: Yeah. You could buy a, you know, six or seven cloud lifters for that.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's a tube amplifier. And, uh, my goodness, <laughs> it will drive any mic on the planet and very well.
1: <laughs> right. So what's the gain range on that?
0: Just uh, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty,
1: right? As much as you've ever want. Right?
0: Yeah. And, you know, and what's funny is, is, uh, I've never really had to crank it up. I've got it about, where is it at on the gain level? About five right now, about mid range. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a beast. Um, it's, it's truly a beast.
1: Yeah, I have a Mackie mixer. Um and I looked at the specs on this Mackie mixer. It's a pretty it's an analog Mackie mixer. It's not a USB based Mackie mixer. But, yeah. Um it's the 802 uh was it VLZ3 and it's like an 8 channel. Yeah, I've got um a, yeah. I've got a and
0: 16 channel and it's yeah. And
1: it's it's got decent clean preamps. I mean, Mackie's known for having really yeah. good preamps. Um but the problem with it is is that it 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 has a max of about sixty.
0: Right. Gain. So, so you know, on the, right. I, I must admit, those cloud lifters are pretty incredible, and I use one in the demo studio
2: to hook up right. to
0: my my wire. I actually use a wired lav, and right. uh, it yeah, it's truly remarkable. Gets you over. Well, the they hump. add
1: about twenty five dB to your gain boost, right. which puts um, at. At full gain on this mixer, it would put it up around,
0: I think around 80
1: dB if I maxed it out. But the goal is um, to be
0: on your mixer. If you're using a mixer, it's to always be at Unity. You know, right. that's that's the key. And uh, they're in yep. about Unity strictly because right. you want to, you know, you want to be able to. Uh, we want clean sound, right, Todd? That clean. clean. That clean non-NPR <laughs> sound. That's what, right. you're, that's what you're getting here.
1: Yes, we are getting clean sound. Now, this new Shure microphone doesn't have any issues around this. Mm. So it doesn't need as much gain boost as the SM seven B. I think it's, it's
0: a I think it's a deal killer for all those other mics that are out there. Oh, well, what's going on here? Are we still online? Yeah, we are. It said broadcast has been been temporary. What is up with that? On what platform? On uh, Facebook. Or, Facebook says on we're... On Facebook. But everywhere else, we're, we're up and running. Hmm. Okay.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Don't know what's going
1: on there. Facebook doesn't like us. We talked about a microphone.
0: Uh, no. Well, you know, Facebook has been on a... Well, Instagram has been on a banning... Oh, they, they're doing some shady stuff over on Instagram. Hmm. I hadn't heard about that. Yeah. But...
1: But anyway, this microphone, uh, I think
0: you can have a lot of people grabbing one of these things. Oh, I think it's I think it's sell like hotcakes. I think it run gives give a run money for the ATR twenty one hundred. Uh you know that's a mic. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna recommend.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about getting one. I've got multiple SM seven Bs and I'm not using them all, so I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking I could sell at least one of my SM seven Bs and pick one of these up. All right. So just to just to have one, play around with it. Let me uh, make sure we're st- – I can have two mics here when I'm doing the show.
0: I think we're back on Facebook.
1: So Are we? Yeah, okay.
0: Looks like it. So a bunch of them switched over to YouTube, which is fine. Thanks for coming over on the YouTube stream. Those of you who don't know, we're at newmediashow.com forward slash live. You can catch the YouTube stream.
1: Or you can get us on, on Twitter too. Yeah, Twitch right?
0: it. Yeah, either one of our yep. – An NMS podcast, so, yep. Yes, I don't know. I guess I would kind of like to pick one up and play with it, but uh, I yeah got to get some budget approval for that. (laughs) I don't need personally any more toys, but it might work real good with my Roadcaster. I think right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, I've thought about getting a new setup here that's really really focused on high end audio production more than what I have here. So you've
0: got pretty high end starting right there. So, you know, I do,
1: I do, but I am doing this through my surface computer instead of like, uh, you know, like a computer under my desk or something like that, which might be a right better way of doing it.
0: Yeah. Facebook must be having major issues. We're paused again. Really? Well, I'm going to tell everybody where, where we're at. We are live as well at, So
1: what else? What else going on? So that mic's got everybody all excited. Um, I saw that uh, Mr. Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak are celebrating their 13th year of doing No Agenda. Yeah, I haven't
0: listened to that episode yet. So
1: That's almost as long as or longer than we've been doing this show.
0: You know what? They may not find us at newmediashowlive.com today. I may have not put the, I may not have updated the embed. I may have to go do that right now. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah, that was, but we got people watching on YouTube, so they found this somehow. At
1: least one, one of the platforms is working. My God.
0: Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, good for them. And I, I'm, they had, I listened to 1488, the one that was prior to that. And, uh, it's a pretty good show. They had a pretty big Mm -hmm. donation segment too. They got, they're picking up a lot of people. Oh, I'm on the wrong type of computer. Control Did I get it right? Let's hope so. Yeah. They're picking up a lot of people from Joe Rogan. A lot of people have come over to their show from his appearance on there and have, uh, started listening to the podcast. So I guess from Adam's standpoint, they're being very successful on, uh, you know, from having these show appearances in different places. Mm-hmm. How many uh, people that uh, listen to this show went over and started listening to them after Adam was on? I guess that's probably the question,
1: right? That'd be interesting to to know. I don't know how you would ever find out. Yeah,
0: but, we we'd have to actually have people they cared about just enough to actually email us,
2: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so yeah,
1: so the the whole gain boost thing with this microphone is probably not much of an issue because if you're using USB, direct USB from the microphone, there, there, there's no way you could put a cloud lifter in that process.
0: Right. And not that you would necessarily, well,
1: it's got uh, XLR too. Well, that's true. I guess you could put one on if you wanted to. And you right. may
0: need it if you go straight XLR. You know, you actually might need that. So, it, I'm reading some
1: articles about uh, it. I haven't heard anybody say anything about the gain issue with this mic, mm. or or if there's a gain issue.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah. So I guess, you know, who's going to be the, are you going to go out and buy one? You're going to get Libsyn to, 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 uh. No, I'd have
1: to buy it, buy it personally. I'd have to buy it myself. Really? You do podcasts for the company? Come on now. Well, yeah. I don't know. I suppose (laughs) I could. I suppose. I've never asked for that
0: kind of stuff. Yeah. you, you, You guys have, you know, you guys got big budgets. There should be a little equipment budget in there. I'm so we f- do? Having fun. I we f- have a big budget. Todd? You should. You should. Wow. I'm. I'm glad I found <laughs> that out. Finally. <laughs> oh. Okay.
1: Okay. It says adjustable gain range, from zero to 36 dB. To what? So
0: zero to what? Zero
1: to plus 36 dB is the gain range. Hmm. And then the XLR sensitivity is negative 55 dB.
0: So, that means it can hear something at negative 55 dB. Right. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's actually almost too sensitive to a certain extent. But, yeah. you know, there's it's just like running uh, condenser mics. You have to have a really good, really good quiet area to work or those things pick up everything.
1: Right. It's It's got a USB sens- sensitivity of negative 47 dB. Hmm. So it's a little bit less sensitive with USB than it is with XLR. Right.
3: Well,
0: there was i uh, I'm trying to get my email up here because I'm on, I left the Mac at home. So I'm, I'm using my PC for uh for
3: Oh, you're on windows.
0: Windows huh? today. Yes. I'm struggling here after not, because I don't use it actively. I was going to look up the, there was something on pod news I wanted to talk about. Probably got the wrong email stuff loaded. Of course. Let's see here. That's good. Oh, I didn't have to give them a password. That's surprising. And I guess uh, Podchaser launched
1: a pro service.
0: Yeah. So it looks like maybe they have to. You know, I know that they were funded. They had some funding. So it's time to to make some money, it looks like. Right. So the service offers estimated reach, demographics, and social figures for podcast.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: So, are they getting in the metrics game? Is that what this is? Oh, I, th- I think I think they've always kind of uh, thought they were heading down that path.
1: I thought. Huh. I, I say they're they're planning on doing it across the f- 1.4 plus million podcasts. Hmm. So, I guess they're they they have a catalog. Yep. And I also noticed that, uh, um, was it, uh, Audible has announced that they're going to have, they they have 100,000 podcasts on their platform.
0: Audible does. Where did that announcement come from? I didn't see. Oh, oh, they did. All right. I guess I can talk about this. So this is what I was sitting on last week. And, of course, I go to this website in The Verge, and I get this massive. So, as Amazon is turning Audible into a true podcast app, but it's a long way to go. It's adding 100,000 podcasts to its catalog. Now, the last time I checked, Rob, Audible was a subscription system.
1: Yep. It's always been that way since the very early days. Okay. Wow.
0: So. Yep. Audible's turning into more of a podcast app. The company has today's catalog now contains 100,000 free free podcasts <coughs> that are already available on other streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. Primarily, it's actually my understanding is it's an exact duplicate of what's on Amazon Music. So, this is kind of telling that they got about 100,000 shows in the Amazon Music side. So, they're going to have the same 100,000 shows in the free Audible. Notice I said, free audible offering. So why do you think they bought podcast.com? Because if you, if you um, know now, if you go to podcast.com, it's amazing where you end up. (laughs) If if you go to podcasting.com, guess where you end up? Hmm. You end up at pod, you end up at Audible. Now, okay, so let's look at this. Start listening for free.
3: Hmm.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Popular podcast, top free podcast. Can I search for a podcast on, on this? I don't have Audible. Oh, let, let's go to see and see if we can find the new media show. And voila, here we are. New media show. Listen for free. Listen for free. Does How does that resonate with you, Rob, when they tell you that they can listen to this show for free?
2: Hmm. Well, um, hmm. Hmm. yeah, well, um,
1: they're getting into having a podcast uh, listening platform, open and free podcast listening platform. That's what's happening on this side. They're using episode art
0: as well. So let me go ahead and click into the latest episode.
1: So, Audible is going to going to become a free and open access podcast listening platform. Man.
0: Yes, it is. Now, let's go ahead and see what it says about show details.
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: hmm, Does it ever lead me back to my website? Our website? Mm, I doubt it. No, it does not. So, and they only show, well, they show three of 76 episodes. I think that's what's in our feed. So... Audible, you can now get free. So, initially, when we were talking with Amazon, it was Amazon Music slash Audible. Then, when they launched Amazon Music, they said please take Audible off. I'm waiting for the email now to say add Audible back on. So they showed their cards before because I could never figure out why mm-hmm. they were going to have us put Audible in there. And then a, a week or so ago, because I, I did. Did you did you know it was coming to Audible? Did you have that insider information? Yeah, yeah, I knew. Well, I had talked to them about Amazon Music, but they never mentioned to us about Amazon. Apparently, they thought they did because they sent us a bunch of email last week saying Amazon, our Audible's podcasts are coming to Audible soon. And I was just like, uh, I don't think you told us that before. Maybe you assumed we did, but they I think they overlooked it. We were so focused on Amazon Music.
1: Well, they didn't share much detail no. about what they were going to do. No, no. So, what does everybody? But think? that's, I mean, but that's generally the case with any of these new platforms, and there's more coming. So, I mean, not not specifically from these guys. And I'm not talking about them, but I'm talking right. about other other things are coming from other companies. So there's, so,
0: we're not done yet. I'll just put to you that way. So, what so what <laughs> does everyone think then of this? situation now where well i guess if you're there's an audible amazon user,
1: music podcasts, yep. then there's going to be audible podcasts
0: which is owned by amazon by the way
1: yeah it's all the same.
0: All the, it's same all the same right so amazon also launched a new subscription plan called audible plus that was back in august which gives listeners access to Audible's original audio content as well remember remember so mm-hmm. this is a this is a play to shore up so that people that are paying for that premium content don't have to go anywhere else they right. stay right there and listen to all that content on Audible
1: just like what uh, if you think about it just like what Spotify is doing you yeah. know they added podcasts so they could keep all those audio listeners in one place right mm-hmm. yeah so they don't have to go off to a competitor to get the content that audio listeners listen to,
0: which is more and more podcasts. Right? They, they say this move sets Audible up to compete more earnestly with against Spotify and Apple Podcast. Yep. So,
1: does it? That it does. It does. Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, they have two properties that they can go after the market with. But the see here's the thing too. You have to. You can't listen to this show. Now, let me just show you what happens here. So it, so it says, probably hey, links to the says, app. Right? So it says, listen for free. I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and listen for free. Click. Oh, I have to log in. Right. You can listen
1: for free on Audible. So obviously Audible has a
0: free account. So you have to log in. You're, there is no listen. So what does that mean? they're got your information they know who you are right apple podcast does not ask your name ladies and gentlemen doesn't ask you for a password don't ask they don't have your amazon shopping history but most most
1: most of the apple users have apple ids so right but but it's it's but, it's you, internal but, to apple but yeah but well. you you can listen to the audio Right. Without having that,
0: that's right. right. You can use the Apple Podcast app without an M, an Apple account. Yep. Even if technically you probably already have one, because you're you this know, is
2: you're,
1: a let's just call this what it is. It's a customer acquisition strategy, is what it is. Yes, it is for for Audible, right? Which is they're ever they have a free right to do that.
0: So I'm just kind of any anyone don't think that podcasting isn't a big thing yet.
1: There's a lot of, um, audible subscribers too. And I'll bet you they get access to this content Mm -hmm. as well. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Spotify says it has at least a million podcasts available to listeners. No, it doesn't. Well, it may, but they're not all active. And Apple says has 1.5 million. Although Otto's original pieces of content number around eleven thousand. What? They have a maybe okay, pieces. So
1: that's that's probably how many audiobooks they have.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, more than likely. So let yeah. me so yeah. So that that was curious in itself.
1: But they aren't very specific in this article anyway, so I can't really, you know, I don't know what they're referring to specifically with that number of 11,000,
0: because it doesn't say, actually. Right. Ah, So, yeah, so the space continues to, you know, so I guess the next question is, who's uh, who's Amazon going to buy?
1: They're not the only one. All right. right.
0: Who else is left to buy somebody?
1: Mm, there's some big uh, radio networks.
3: Oh,
0: okay. Well,
1: so our are, are, are one, right? And then mm-hmm. there's always
0: Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. Google, stay in your sandbox.
1: <laughs> I'm not insinuating anything by
0: making these statements, but. There is a pattern going on here, if you've noticed. Of course, I have. Yes, and I don't fully understand their end game yet, or maybe it just hasn't been clear. It's a vertical integration. Well, I know that, but you know, yeah, are they going to eat? Are they going to eat all of our well control? You know, vertical I, integration and, and control. Th- and think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Are you on a platform that's been acquired? So, are you on a vertical platform that is locked in and you your your podcast host has been sucked up into the matrix? What does that mean for your show long term if you're not on your own dot com
1: I just hope it doesn't lead to um, mm-hmm. certain shows saying um, like I say, certain shows that are hosted by competitor's platform being banned from being included on other platforms. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Other listening platforms. So Rob where, where,
0: where this could be going. So Rob, what, what kind of money would it take for us to go exclusive?
1: <laughs> Todd, you always bring it back to the almighty dollar. Um, hey,
0: it's what this is. <laughs> I have
1: no idea, Todd.
0: So if they told us, say, let's say Spotify came to us, said, Rob and Todd, we'll give you $2,500 a month if you keep doing four shows a month.
1: Well, Todd, I don't think it would be smart for us to do a deal like that.
0: Number one, because of
1: our position in the
0: in the medium. Okay. But, so Rob, what if they come right. back to us and said, Rob and Todd, $5,000 a month if you become a Spotify exclusive?
1: I don't I don't think that I would want to do a deal like that, Don, with this show.
0: Well, what if the show remains hosted where it's at, and we're just on? You're pushing me on this one.
1: Um, I might do a deal like that if I had my own show. Oh, okay. It's interesting. But given given our position with this uh, show, know, know. I'm not sure that that's in our best interest.
0: So, so the next question then is, okay, so w- we're not going to sell out, then or cash in. So the next question is, for the average podcaster, let's say they've got 10,000 listeners. We already piss off enough people, Todd. Okay, so <laughs> Let's say you've got it. Let's say you've got a show that's got 10,000 listeners in it or 10,000 downloads per episode. What if they came to that show and said, we'll give you $1,000 a month to be over here to be exclusive on our platform, do you think that podcaster would make that jump at 10,000 listeners, 10,000 downloads? What's, what's going to be the going,
1: what's going to be the going. Also, also depends on how viable that show is as an advertising what? opportunity, but at 10,000 downloads, it's not a huge revenue opportunity. So,
0: but what's, what's going to be the going rate for shows? Cause this is what's starting to happen now. A lot of shows are getting locked up,
2: mm-hmm. locked up, meaning
0: they've done yeah, exclusive deals. Think, yeah. And they went after and the it, big one so far.
1: And if it happens too broadly, it's going to challenge us on whether or not, um, their podcasts, right?
0: Right. But I, I I'm kind of of the opinion and this is maybe going to, or, or doesn't
1: matter because the audiences don't matter.
0: Well, I'm going to say this is, gives an opinion. It uh, uh, gives me the, I don't think there's going to be a lot of these exclusive deals done. If there's a lot done, that gives huge opportunity for those of us that remain in the public accessible space and are not locked up under some platform because well, a think- lot of
1: I think you have much more audience opportunity.
0: Well, because that show's gone from it's locked into a certain platform. Right. You know, and a certain percentage of those folks are not going to move. So there's, yeah. So again, there's an opportunity to grow a show potentially, maybe not.
1: Well then of course, then there's Apple too, Todd. We, We, we didn't mention Apple as an important player on this, that they haven't jumped into acquisition too much
0: for how long right.
1: I don't know that's 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 an intriguing question Apple is in not an well I'd say Apple is a competitor of Spotify and
0: Amazon right? music and Amazon music sure Apple music matter of fact that's what I listen to primarily is Apple music from right. my mobile device and then from my computer I listen primarily to through pen I listened to Pandora. For music. I don't know why, but.
1: So what What podcast hosting platform would be the best fit for Apple?
0: Apple's not going to buy a podcast hosting platform. Why not? Uh, they won't do it. If they did, Blueberry would be the best fit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? I,
0: I, yeah. I think it'd be the best right. fit. Right. <laughs> you like how I drop that in there. They're all about WordPress.
1: I know that. Yeah.
0: Hey, we we're, we we're, we we're, we serve everyone. We don't. I know, do. I know you do. We just don't serve WordPress users. So, yeah. but you know, I you know, hey, Apple, let's talk. <laughs> Come on over. I'm yeah, right here. Come on over. And you guys got lots of zeros in the bank account. You can make us all very happy. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who's a good fit for Apple. I thought they were going to buy Anchor. You know, because it, looked to, me like, true, it looked to me like they were in bed with Anchor. I bet you they wish they would have bought Anchor. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone over at Apple that's probably like,
1: <laughs> why didn't we they buy will that? never let us know that Todd of That's course sure. not
0: never we will never hear that ever right right yeah we're just being we're speculating here and having a little fun with it but you know <laughs> so the question is is Spotify done are they going to buy some more
1: Todd, I thought it was interesting, this uh, session that's coming up uh, at Podcast Movement tonight. Oh, really? I think it was tonight. Uh, It was a session that had a bunch of guys uh, talking about attribution. Oh. Oh. Um, Oh. And it was... Here, let me see if I can find it here. Um, Swap card. I can find it really quick. But it's... uh, it's basically a session that is all about debunking um, all of the the uh, bad rumors and discussion about att-
0: attribution.: Oh, let me guess who's on that panel.
2: Um,
0: I I, I okay, I'm going to put two fingers up and go ahead and, and, and do we know the people and the companies associated with those that are on there?
1: Okay, here, I've got it. Um,
0: yeah, I'm going to the page right now.
1: So here is the title of it. Barstool or NPR, the podcast attribution game show that's on tonight at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. Hmm. So it says the description of this, um, two-hour session on podcast movies. Are you tired of people telling you what to think? Endless pitches touting the benefits of dynamic ads, embedded ads, targeting, and creative testing. Why not sit back, relax, and let us challenge every deeply held belief you have
0: to the core? All right. Who's on the panel? All
1: right. Uh, It is... Sarah Timms, who's the Associate Director of Podcast Advertising and Operations at National Public Radio. Mm-hmm. And she uh Sean Creeley, who's the founder of Podsites.
0: Okay. Uh, whoops, i I put I'll put one finger down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who else? Anybody else? That's it.
1: Oh. That's their that's their two hour session um hosts.
0: So not surprised pod sites on that panel. Twit right. has announced they're to test pod sites for attribution data. Oh, I guess there is another
1: person, but they're not listed as a panelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is KC Murphy, who's the director of performance marketing at Barstool Sports.
0: So there, so I don't understand, are they going to talk about the benefits of attribution or it's, you know, because pot sites is all about attribution. Right. It says, so is this going to be a bash of Libsyn and blueberry tonight? I
1: don't know. Barstool or NPR pits audience versus panel. We, we present an attribution case and you, the viewer must decide was the result from Barstool Sports or NPR.
0: Oh. And like I said, meanwhile, Twitter has announced they to test pod sites for attribution data.
2: Mhm. So anyway,
1: it's just, you know, there were sessions about you know, attribution and targeting and stuff like that actually yesterday. I think they had a good session on there about that topic too. And I I tuned in for it. It was a good okay. It was a good discussion about it and the topic of privacy did come up it isn't like they they ignored it so
0: so we saw california has something new on the ballot it's uh i think it's called prop 24 mm-hmm. and uh let's see if i can remember the the uh what makes it different how it adds to the ccpa oh mm-hmm. it basically will not companies will not be allowed to basically do attribution, resell. Um, let's see if I can find my, I've got it in my, I covered it on Geek New Central. Um, and it's specifically, again, this is for a California only initiative. Uh, let's see if I can find it. I got to go to the full article. Let's see here, Prop 24. Uh, Privacy, yeah, there it is, privacy. So this California ballot proposition could have a ripple effect across the United States. So under Prop 24, consumers could ask companies not to share their data in addition to not selling it. Proponents say adding the word share would let consumers tell a business to stop showing them targeted ads, the attention of the 2018 law. Tech companies argue that ad targeting isn't a sale of your data, even though they make money from the transaction. So basically, if Prop 24, and I think California, if I was living in California, I would vote for this. Um, I would uh, be want, so again, under Prop 24, consumers could ask companies not. It's not automatic. They'd have to ask companies not to share their data in addition to not selling it. Right. Now, here's the problem. A company is a broad word. So my company, Raw Voice, which we do business under and how I get my paycheck from Raw Voice Incorporated, has another company called Blueberry Podcasting. We have another brand called Podcast Mirror. We have another brand called Cast Feed Validator. We have another brand called SubscribeOnAndroid.com. We've got another brand called SubscribeByEmail.com. So technically, they could ask Raw Voice to not share their data with another company, but yet, because I have holdings, that's really my company. So that data could be, so how do you think Johnson and Johnson, how many brands do they have? A lot. A lot. So Johnson Johnson is one company, but they've got all these brands, so they still can do retargeting with right. this prop with this. It would be internal to the company. You wouldn't be able to sell that attribution or share that attribution data with uh, another retargeter. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't stop you, doesn't stop Amazon from Showing you searches you did on Amazon two weeks ago. hmm
1: On the same topic, uh, Twit, you know, Twit TV, Lee LaPorte, they announced a, a test of PodSite's attribution service as part of his network, it says in a, uh, a an announcement on their website, as the podcast industry evolves, we at Twit continue to look for ways to balance a need for podcast attribution and listener privacy, something we take very seriously. Attribution services are part of an increasingly non-negotiable part of an ad-supported network. In other words, we want to continue to deliver our great podcasts at no cost to you while satisfying advertising
0: needs. So they're being forced to do attribution.
1: Is what it looks like. Um, they're going to be testing the attribution service from PodSites as we set our eyes on a 2021 transition away from Chartable.
2: Hmm.
0: So they've been doing attribution already then through
1: Chartable, right? So there's something about what um, PodSites is doing that uh, has their interest. It. Now, they do post in the same article, uh, it says, the service will not interfere with your listening experience. We will not track any personally identifiable listener information. You can read PodSite's privacy policy here. There's a link. It twit's longstanding privacy policy here. And, it, and one last little point here. It says, if you are running an ad blocker, you may need to make sure that pdst.fm is not blocked.
2: What do you think about that? It's their choice,
0: their network. They have to pay the bills. So their listeners are going to be tracked.
1: So it looks like uh, the advertisers are really, you know, dropping the hammer on this. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For just a little bit more information. So let, here's the... I, we, we, I, I guess we got to go through this again. So certain types of attribution is pretty good. And it's not something that is really going to affect privacy of a listener. So if I hmm. put a cookie or... Well, cookies are going away, right? Yeah, so, so. let's say I put a, something... Basically, anytime you so. get my... It's a pixel or something. Or in in what way they're actually doing it is. And this is what's going to be very curious is it's usually from IP data from the download. Right. So they take the raw IP data from the download.
1: That is personally identifiable information. At least it's classified as. And
0: then I'm the, I'm just explaining how this is going to work. Then they're going to look for your IP over on the advertiser's website. And if you go over there, Mm-hmm. you've been attributed to being interested in a product. Right. Or a could, transaction. Where, where right. it could go further is they could look at your IP of your download. They could look at, did you visit the TWIT website? Did you hit the TWIT RSS feed? All three of those could be used back on the site to do a compare. Now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: United States, not illegal to do that. In the UK uh, and GDPR, that's a whole different ballgame. So now, yeah. now they've got maybe three pieces of information. They've got you went to the Twit website, and again, I'm this is an example. Let's not use Twit. You go to a client's a podcaster's website. You you load their feed, you download their episode, all from the same computer or two or three or mm-hmm. maybe one device, whatever it may be. And you go over there and you, 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 let's say you buy the product. Well, if that's a company with lots of brands, they can now say this IP is interested in our stuff. Mm -hmm. And they can use that in retargeting campaigns so that when you're out and and I'm not saying this is happening. If they're doing attribution studies only in reporting and no reselling of the data, it's still probably okay, right? Because the only thing the advertiser is getting is verification that you have performed. But what it can happen- go,
1: It can go the other way too, right? It, can oh, it come could. from
0: like uh, Amazon. Right. Right. So, well, depends. Into the podcast. That could be true Potentially. Too. Yeah. So what happens now if the, if the arbiter of that data doesn't share that, in other words, let's say it's pod sites and they don't resell that, They just use that to give the attribution report. I I, I don't have a problem with that at all. That type of attribution where it's 100% contained. It's what's, you know, let's say feed, site, download. That's crossed back down to the advertiser site. And long as the advertiser isn't the one taking the the three pieces of data and do the matching, and there's a middleman, which would be pod sites, and giving them a report. As long as that data is not resold, I'm good. But how long before the advertisers, when we got the attribution data, now we want want the attribution. No, we got the attribution report. Now we want the attribution data. You will give us the attribution data or you will not get any more advertising dollars because we want to take that data and we want to retarget that person.
1: To to, to that user on other platforms.
0: That user on other platforms
1: so that's it can go both ways it can go from other platforms to podcasting go from podcasting to other
0: platforms so that's where so, it goes for yeah. me is where it goes too far now right. if PodSites is saying we're not allowing the resale of this activity and we are not explicitly using this in retargeting campaigns or we're not comparing this across multiple shows so i'm I have a separation of church and state so that let's say the new media show was involved. I wouldn't want them taking the new media show data and looking at geek Mm -hmm. News central, you know, so are they, is, is that contained or is it all open? And this is all on IP data. So, and well, whatever tech they're using, but how, you know, the, the, the allure And as I was told by someone that does um, mostly brand buys, not DR, not direct response, brand buys, he says, you want to unlock the money? He says, you're going to have to do attribution plus retargeting. That's how they make their money. And um, I'm like, he says, and it's, it's a, it's very lucrative for the, right. for the person that's, you know, it's very lucrative for the content creator. Cause he's getting more cash.
2: Right.
1: De- Todd, it, I'm on the pod sites, privacy policy page. Yeah. Uh, and, and one, one quick statement that it makes in here. I just want to get your reaction to it. Um, it says we also collect information such as IP address and user agent. When you download a podcast episode that uses the site, we refer to this information as download information. This download information is not personal data. Okay. I don't know if that's. I, 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 I think can't. IP anything relating to an IP address, I, I any mean,
0: activity is considered to be personally identifiable. Well, let's 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 ask the internet. Is an IP address going to the book of knowledge? Of course, the Google right. is an IP address personal and, and user agent identifiable. We're just going to ask them first personal right. identifiable information. So, hmm. The CCPA defines personal information include online identities such as an IP address, but only if the identifier identifies, relates to, describes, is reasonably capable of being associated with, or could reasonably be linked directly or indirectly with a particular consumer or household.
3: Um,
1: so it's taking that IP data and matching it with a database.
0: For many businesses, a collection of IP addresses provides multiple benefits from monitoring website traffic to advertising, tracking, and deterring malicious activity. But IP addresses are reasonably capable of being associated with or linked to individual household.
1: Let me back up. So I guess uh, if you think about it, you know, both of our platforms um, collect IP addresses and user agents, right? Yep. So, but, but I think we both look at that as personally identifiable information that we don't want to share.
0: So from the European Union, the ruling states, and this was from a lawsuit, in order for personal identifiable information to be personally identifiable, it must identify a person, but an IP address identifies as a computer. The, the European Union's directive on personal data has a broader scope. Defining PII as data which can identify individual directly or indirectly. Now, let's go a step further. Right. Hey, Rob, I have a great offer. I'm offering the brand new most crazy phone you've ever seen. This thing will give you a shower. Okay. Stupid, right? You go over and to the, brush, your teeth, you, yes. and brush my teeth, wipe my butt, the whole nine yards. This is a, <laughs> this, a multi-purpose cell phone, right? So Rob hers on the podcast, you go over to the vendor site. Oh my God. Look at what Todd has recommended. Let me go ahead and purchase this. But my name, my address, oh, I'm agreeing to a privacy policy. Boom. Guess what you've done? Across the streams. Now, if Podsites is hanging on to that. Well,
1: you didn't even know you did it. That's right. right.
0: But well, podsite, if podsites is hanging onto that IP data and not giving that IP data to the vendor, we're still cool, right? Podsites does the attribution, says up, oh, yep, we had a sale. Fantastic from this. This is a great campaign. Todd, you recommended 82 people to go buy this cell phone. So We had a successful campaign. They spend more money with me. Right. That's no problem. I have no issue with that type of attribution at this point in the United States.
1: Right. I mean, I, I mean, I think if it's done just for that purpose alone, I think it's fairly
0: harmless, right? I I I think there has to be. I think companies are going to have to make a stand at some point and very be very, I call it, okay, this is a marketing term that we're exploiting. And in private internal podcasting, a lot of the companies that are offering this service do implied security. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, it'll do this and this without any detail. And then we find out later, well, that file was, just downloaded to you that thing can be shared it you know you you thought you had security you really didn't so there's explicit so implicit and explicit i will explicitly tell a client this is what this will and will not do and here are your risks based upon the security level you're at some of the companies have said the security risk is so great the audio is no longer being delivered as a podcast it's being delivered as a stream that's mm-hmm. the highest level of security and private internal podcasting. It actually no longer is a truly a podcast. The first three right. levels they are, but fourth level, it's just a it's streamed audio. So banks, hospitals, those types of folks are worried about this, About really truly SEC information. You know, it's just like you guys, Rob, you can't talk about projected earnings or how many new customers you get fired and the company would get an SEC violation and, So there's certain things that you can talk about internally, but by God, you will never share it outside the company until it comes out on an official earnings report or you're in trouble with the SEC. So it's the same thing. So now, as far as this privacy stuff goes, I think at some point companies are going to have to explicitly say, we do not sell this IP data. We do not share this IP data with the vendor. We do not allow this IP data to be used for retargeting. We do. They're going to. I think companies are going to have to explicitly say what they are doing with this data.
1: And I don't. See, I'm looking at Podsite's website right now, and
0: I don't see any specific
1: statement like that. All. All. One thing I do see is it says in the your rights section. It says additionally, please note that your information. Now they're referring to the public right your information will be will be let me emphasize this will be transferred outside of europe including to the united states
0: they can't ask that you can't oh, you the, can't you you can't this is a statement that they're making okay you can't okay good luck and a uh, good luck good uh, my god good luck in gdpr on that they're, are they saying they're measuring people in Europe? It says,
1: additionally, please note that your information will be transferred outside of Europe. So what they're saying is they're not going to transfer information to Europe because of GDPR, right? And, and it looks like that they're, no, it, I'm not they're also including the United States.
0: You know how much hate mail I'm going to get over
1: this episode? Uh, I know. I, I mean, it, it's just getting really, really clear with what's going on here, you know, and, and helping people understand what's going on. It's, you know, if things are going on here that are not above board, then
0: the, and, nobody wins from that. And, and, and please be, please, everyone understand. I'm not saying, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying at all that people aren't being above board. I'm not saying. Right. That. I'm
1: not either. And also, um, I, you know, I, I'm just reading what's on this website and and I may be completely misunderstanding.
0: What's going on? So, I'm not even going to try to interpret that line, but I, I would just say this at some point, and if, hey, I'm not saying Blueberry will never do attribution, but if we do attribution, there will be absolute explicit discussions, explicit policies, explicit paragraphs of information put on our website, what we will and will not do with content or with data.
3: Right. right.
0: I'll explicitly explain that.
1: Well, and and this is a little bit of a confusing sentence here too, um, you know, and how it's written. So it's not one hundred percent clear, but it does give the impression that your information will be shared with others outside of Europe.
3: Right? Who is the others?
1: I. They don't say who the others are. It just says that your information will be transferred. Outside of Europe. Which means everybody else except for Europe is what that reads to me. My, my, underst-
0: right. my you know, and again, I'm not a lawyer. I'd have to go back and ask Barry. But my understanding is, is that when we have a, oh, well, this is what happens. When we have a, um, there's some reasonable provisions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, I'm not a lawyer. I might be stepping out of my uh, swim lane here, but I know what we do. Mm-hmm. If, if we have a European IP, right? Well, we've done right. this globally for everybody. So if we do this. We treat our U.S. customers the same way. So if someone, what happens is globally for Blueberry is when someone downloads a podcast and it's in our log file. Mm-hmm. that log file sits on a secure data point, and gets transferred into our measurement platform. Mm-hmm. it gets processed. And at the end of that process, that file gets the IP data gets anonymized. Right. Right. And it's stored in a repository anonymized.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The yeah. That's what we all should be doing. Right. And if someone comes in, cause so I have a reasonable utilization and secure, and this is part of the stuff we actually went through the IB certification, how right. that happens. Mm -hmm. custody of that media file, where it gets put, how it's logged, all that stuff. I got a Mm -hmm. logging of the logging going on, logging of the logging, the logging that the file got anonymized. And, um, I don't know if we have a secret decoder ring internally, if we can unencode that or not, that anonymization. I don't know if we do. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's stored anonymized. Well, this
1: this area in their their privacy policy here um, specifically is referring to Europe, right? So it, it says you, your rights says if you are a European resident, you have the right to access personal information we hold about you. So they're, they're saying, and I think this part of the GDPR stuff right. to ask that your personally identify Person identify or personal information be corrected updated or deleted if you would like to exercise this right please contact us through contact information below so what they're saying is that they may be capturing this information but they're they're obviously giving the the resident European resident access to delete it or remove it
0: but, right but you have to ask permission to collect it in the first place that's the mm, problem. They
1: yeah, I mean that's my, true. My and understanding. Then additionally says if you are a European resident, we note that we are processing your information in order to fulfill contracts we might have with you. For example, if you make an order through the site or otherwise to pursue our uh, legitimate business interests listed above.
0: Well, I wouldn't have wanted to to pay for the lawyer bill to have that terms of service written. Wouldn't it be a lot easier just to say, we don't process any EU IPs? That data is stripped.
1: Well, it it says that they they actually are. That's what what I'm reading.
0: After processing, but. Our understanding is, is you can't even collect data. That's why we went global with GDPR. That's why you can't. Again, you have a reasonable use case. So maybe that's what they're using. I,
1: I don't know. Right. I'm not sure that. And it does talk about data, data retention. Uh, it says that that download information is kept indefinitely, and. But it, is not
0: considered to be personal data is what they're saying. Well, that's the, that's the, the definition they've came up with IP data. Right. So I don't know if that would fly with my team. Right.
1: Well, I think in order to be in this business, you kind of have to push the envelope on this stuff.
0: Right. No, you can be in this business and do the right thing. Well, that's true. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with that clearly.
1: Yeah. Um, So anyway, that's, that's, that was directly from the pod sites privacy policy. I, I pretty much read the, the clause that was in question. I mean, it talks about a bunch of other stuff too, but
0: I don't think we have time to (sighs) dig into everything. No. But I I guess, I don't know. Did Again, (laughs) does anybody care? Do 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 podcasters yeah. even
1: care? I you know to be quite frank about it, I don't even know that very many podcasters even understand what's what it's
0: all about, <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> do they even care? Or is it just and, is it just it, us it, here it, crying for or being old maybe curmudgeons?
1: maybe I I don't know if they should. Do they, do they have to care? I guess if 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 people are out there like us that
0: care for them, maybe you
1: yeah. know. Maybe that's
0: that's the good thing. And, you know, it. so you choose who you do business with and you determine if you agree with their policies and you move forward as you see fit from that. And if there's any, you are the one that, as the podcaster who's publishing content, participating in those types of deals that require attribution, you, you, the podcaster, the originator of this is the one that is at risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm glancing at the Twit's privacy policy at this point just to see how those two compare. Um, it's fairly different in how it looks at stuff. Um, I haven't had time to look at a look at all of it, but they also don't think that it's personally identifiable. Information. It says personal data. Personal data means data about a living individual who can be identified from those data or from those and other information, either in our possession or likely to come into our possession.
0: PII, according to the European Union is data which can identify an individual directly or indirectly. So, of course.
1: Can be,
0: can, can be
1: whether or not TWIT can do it themselves isn't the question. Now
0: listen, now listen, now listen, now listen. Right. I've been in New York City in this big fat office with lots of people in expensive suits where right. they showed me, say, hey, what's the IP of your phone? Told them. They went over to their little machine did a little uh, question and answer in their little forum. And guess who they came up with me. So that was the demo. And that demo was designed to make me go, wow, I need this to execute more targeted advertising campaigns. But
1: they had your name,
0: my name. My profile associated
1: with that, that IP with related that to the phone that you own.
0: And yeah. I was in New York visiting New York with my phone, which would normally have been in Hawaii at the time on a different IP. So don't tell me <laughs> that an IP cannot be P by itself. No. One, two, one, six, eight. No, that's, that's not a proper. uh Yeah. Two the five, actual number two,
1: itself two, th- th- doesn't say Todd Cochran. No,
0: 255 two so,
1: two so you have to be able to map it with some other data is whats is so, what we're so talking about here.
0: those of you that are sitting in front of your computer, just do this little cool thing in, in Google. What is my IP? That's all you got to say. And it gives you an answer. My IP is, and I don't even want to read it, uh, 97.84, and I'll leave it at that. And who owns that? Well, that's owned by my ISP, of course. But um, that IP, unless I'm using a, a VPN or doing a number of different things, when I go to websites, that is registered. So I'm maybe I'm just talking to myself at this point. Maybe, maybe we're not talking to anybody, Rob. Does anybody give a crap? Please. Please do, do you if you are okay, I, I'm going to set a, a criteria here. If you've been podcasting since 2015 and forward, I, if you if you started anywhere between 2004 and 2014, you, you cannot reply to this question. If you've been doing a podcast from 2015 forward, do you care? about privacy of your listeners? Yes or no? That's a that's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Send us an email. Todd or Todd at Blueberry.com. Rob, Rob G at libsoncom Let us know. Yeah. If you, you know, if you don't care, I, I, we need a straw poll, but we can't go to the old timers because the old timers are like us. Old time, mm-hmm. The old timers are, no, I don't want my, I know who my audience already is because they email me and they talk to me. <laughs> you know, we know who some of the listeners of this show is just because they've emailed us and talked to us. But the high majority of people that listen to this show never, ever contact us. But you can be assured yeah. As long as I'm breathing, they're not going to know who you are. Because it's not just marketing, it's what happens. And Rob from Libsyn, Rob Walsh from Libsyn, has made the point very, very clear, and it's kind of dramatic. So, what happens if you have a teenager in your home? Let's say he's 13, she's 13 gay but in the closet and they listen to some program that is LGBTQ plus friendly and then all of a sudden in the mail comes something that is outing you so for someone that's Still, in the closet, maybe this would be devastating. this maybe this is life changing. Maybe this is life altering. Maybe they have a family that is super right and will throw them out. Who knows? All kinds of things that can happen from the ability of people to able to determine what we're listening to. Uh, that's mm-hmm. you know, and and that's I'm sorry if i if I offended anyone with that example. But this is who we're trying to protect or trying to protect. I, and I go back to the story of Robin when uh, I was getting ready to have our, we, well, we had been out of the, my wife and I had been out of the baby business for like seven years. Mm-hmm. She uh, thinks she's pregnant. She goes to the store, buys a pregnancy test kit with, a, with cash, mm-hmm. comes home. Yep. We're pregnant. A couple of days later, she goes to her pediatrician, or the doctor, not a pediatrician, goes to the doctor. Yep, mm-hmm. they do a test. You're pregnant. We get the all the neonatal vitamins, all the stuff. We're happy, happy. We've told nobody. That information is between the check-in staff and the, the lab tech. And and seven days later, I get a parenting magazine in the mail that said, congratulations, Cochrane family, on your pregnancy. Yep. And we didn't use a credit card. We used cash to buy the... Who sold that data? The hospital. So, right. So now. And how much did they get for that? Twelve bucks, finder's fee, whatever it is. I didn't subscribe to Parenting Magazine, but they sent me a magazine. They knew we were pregnant. That's nobody's right. that's nobody's business. And we're in such an invasive world right now. What you listen to, what you consume, what you do behind your closed door and what you do on your phone is nobody's business. Unless you've opted in, yeah. I've said yes on Amazon. I've said yes on YouTube already. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah, Todd.
1: I, I mean, I think it is true. I mean, your question, "Does anybody care?" I think is is it. it I think people care, but I'm not sure they care enough. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, I think people care at the concept that that they don't want their privacy violated, but I think that there's so much benefit that they feel like they get potentially from it, um, from these platforms that, you know, and it's probably going on without your knowledge anyway. So your life seems to be continuing um, without interruption. So why make a big stir about it? Right. So it's just like,
0: well, I'll say this. Shh, everyone. Every once in a while, I like to have a cigar. <laughs> like once a month, maybe. Like to have a but, t- Shh, but
1: Tud sh- Tud Tud, you know where this is all going. Once the transcriptions sh- sh- get well, taken from cool. all of our episodes, right? That's
0: true. I'm already screwed. So That's right. a, then, anyway,
1: then they're going to know that you just said that <laughs> and then you're going to get targeted with an ad.
0: Uh-uh, uh-uh. I Losing my life insurance.
1: <laughs> <go>. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey Todd, I just signed up for new insurance from Liberty Mutual. I don't know if you've done this or not. They have what's called a a program called
0: pay by mile. Uh Oops. Rob, please tell me you didn't opt in for that.
1: Well, I haven't actually installed it in my car yet, but I thought it was an interesting thing. I mean, it's
0: a good way to save a bunch of money on your, on your car insurance. So so Rob, stop. You cannot, if you turn down, if you turn on this app, you can no longer complain about privacy. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm just saying this is the world that we live in now, right? Right. It's, it's, there's money to be saved. There's values that can be derived. There's cross, you know. Uh, so you're you can be reminded that you purchased something on Amazon for so, a, a week after
0: you've done it. So as far as the cigars go, I don't inhale. I just taste them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But so, but Todd,
1: if you're not doing anything wrong, what do you have to worry about?
0: It's nobody's business.
1: I'm going to drive a little slower now. I'm going to make sure that my turns are very gradual. I'm not going to accelerate very quickly anymore because Big Brother's going to know when I do
0: that. USAA, I have great insurance. I will never put a tracker in my car. I have a I have a Ford Edge Sport and there's this little button that's got an S on it and it means super fast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'd be like Tesla has like, what's it called? The,
0: the was it the crazy mode yeah, or, or whatever like it is, that? the insanity mode or whatever the it insanity is. Insanity mode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in my Ford, I get to, you know, you definitely feel the kick, you know, it really, you know, and there's a whole performance difference when you press the S yes button. You know, yeah, it I'm, actually should I'm waiting, come with a it should, waiting
1: for the nitrous oxide. That's it sh- what I'm waiting it for. Should come for with all these cars together. It get. should
0: come with a caution. <laughs> <laughs> the S mode is will have you more prone to getting a speeding ticket. So you know, hey, but you can't if you've got one
1: of these trackers in your car, because they're gonna instantly know and your your premiums will go up the next week.
0: That's why I will pay my premium with USAA and will never put a tracker in my car. Some Rob, I can understand why you could have a tracker. I you, you <laughs> my brother-in-law could have a tracker. Oh my God. I ride with him. I'm like, get the please pull over we, the side. I'm get out drive of, like grandpa. Get out of the driver's seat. You come. We're gonna switch positions because I don't wanna be a week getting to the location we're going to. Oh, my God. Well, and
1: you also have to be careful who drives your car because you could be implicated in that. Right? <laughs> That's true. That's
0: true. <laughs> I don't let anybody drive my car anyway. <laughs> yeah. Tim says the
1: S button is attached. That was attached. my cousin that drove 100 miles an hour on the freeway. That wasn't me. Yeah.
0: Timothy says the S button is attached to the gas gauge. I agree. When I'm an, out of S, I get about 21. When I go to S, it's about 15.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: So anyway, I, you know, we've covered this topic a dozen times on this show. If we, if we don't really get any reaction, we've got a few people in the chat room that reacted. Gail says, I say, no, things should stay the way they are. So
1: what should we be talking about on this show? (laughs) What do
0: you really care about? You know, a charitable pod site, you guys listen, we'd love to have you on. We'll be nice. We just want to ask questions. Come on the show. I'd love to have you on. I'd love to just to have a conversation.
1: I'd I love to have them on.
0: I'd love to have them on. Just just have a conversation. I mean, all hey, I'm I'm game to ask. We're not, you know, I'm not going to ask softball questions. And we may agree to disagree on some stuff. But right. it's okay. Right. And again, i again I am on the record. I am not against attribution if it's done correctly. And I'm Who's not sa-
1: the best one to uh to ask about this, you think, Todd?
0: Uh, I have some ideas. So, or anyone else is doing attribution now. There's more than, you know, there's more companies
1: Sean, doing. Sean Creeley from uh, yeah, the Sean, founder of Podsites? Sean would
0: be good. Yeah. They have I uh, I don't know if she's the CEO or, I can't think of her name. Um, but anyway, it would mean, you yeah, have them on. I'd love to have a conversation. I think it'd be good, mm-hmm. you know, and we can talk this through and either would be good agree. to get
1: really, really crisp on this yeah. topic. Yeah.
0: Cause I don't, Cause, uh, I don't
1: profess well, to be an expert no, on
0: and, and, and the, attribution. Right. You know, and maybe this is something that's common. They said, no, 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 no. We never share IP data with a vendor. If that's the case, then fantastic. Right. You know, I can get behind that. No problem.
1: And that, you know, there's a reasonable chance that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. A, just, a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and we may be blowing it up worse than it really is. So. And, and
0: again, I have nothing against either of those companies. I think they got great people on both. So, Right. So,
1: you know, I think we both want to be fair about it. It's yeah. not that we want to throw people under the bus and and then, you know do that that's not right for us to do no so, no
0: no never right right, right. and so. uh but you know and i like the folks over at twit so i know leo's pretty yeah you know he's old school he's pretty much big on making sure that so i have no doubt that they've done their due diligence right
2: so Yep.
1: But at the end of the day, they are businesses and they're mm-hmm. trying to optimize what they do to fit with the market. and What the market is expecting of them and a big part of their business is advertisers.
0: So, And if the advertisers know. are demanding this now as part of the campaign, my problem maybe we, is, is. Maybe why,
1: we need to have an advertiser on here.
0: Well, my problem is why did we stuff? let the advertisers demand that to begin with for this minuscule amount of information that they're getting?
1: That and the, the the minuscule benefit they're getting.
0: Because I can almost guarantee if I hear an ad about something on my phone, mm-hmm. where do I go? I go to my desktop then and afterwards and I go look it up. Yeah. I, I, mean, I know not everyone does that. I know many of you just live on your phone only. Right. So I'm an old school, old curmudgeon that still uses a desktop browser. I do too. I've got two of
2: them right in front of me.
0: <laughs> Giant screens.
1: <laughs> yeah, but bigger, the better, as my saying goes, Yeah, I've got a
0: 32 inch here. I,
1: I'd be easily go to 40 or 46. I'd be happy. Wow.
0: <laughs> so we got a, we got a number of you on Facebook that have, maybe are not checked in. If you haven't checked in, please do. So we're going to get out of here because we're already over time. We are. And, uh, we already give you an hour and a half twice a week. So I, I think that's enough. I think so, Todd. (laughs) Nobody wants to listen to us that much. I'm kind of surprised how many people do. So, um, everyone, thanks for being here. And, again, anyone that's listening to the show that is a competitor, you work in the space, you can go and ask uh, lots of folks that have been guests on here or watch the interviews with guests. We are more than fair and nice. We're not mean. Nope. Nope, not at all. And And it's uh,
1: better to actually come on. Yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll diffuse anything that we may be misunderstanding. That's getting us in
0: trouble with you. That's right. And making you angry. So we want to hear your side of it and tell us how the hell we were wrong. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or had the wrong opinion or thinking about it the wrong way.
1: Right. Or maybe we don't have all, all the details. Come in
0: and come on in and change my mind. That's right. So. Because, you know, old dogs can learn new tricks. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. At geeknews is my Twitter address. Rob? I am uh,
1: at Lipson um, on um, RobG at Lipson.com. And I'm also on Twitter at Rob And That's four E's in
0: that. No wise. And if you think we did a good job, we do have a little bit of a donation link on the website. We do appreciate it when you come in and give us a few pennies here, a dime, you know, dime and nickel penny. It's all good. Every time, if only
1: I had a little hat I could hold up right now. Yeah,
0: man, uh, that all goes towards the streaming bill. So everything we get for the show goes against the streaming bill, which we do incur uh, some cash on. And that, the hosting doesn't cost me anything because I'm it's at Blueberry, but just the streaming bill I have to pay for. Okay. Everyone, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking uh, the time to listen to us. We'll see you next time on the New Media Show,
2: Saturday, yep. 12 noon. Yep. Thank you.